Okay, I'm going to just say, I love Dodger. I, I, I love that dog. Our relationship with money has a long history as, as in our lives, but it's also as expansive. Our, our money, our, the way that we respond to money is expansive as the family systems and the culture which we are a part. Culti creating spiritual practices for how we deal with money starts with, it, it starts to, for us anyway, looking back to see with new eyes how and when our values and our fears were initiated. Now the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, starts with God making arrangements to send an angel to assist George Bailey. Take a look. Hello, Joseph. Trouble? Looks like we'll have to send someone down. A lot of people asking for help for a man named George Bailey. George Bailey? Yes, tonight's his crucial night, you're right. We'll have to send someone down immediately. Whose turn is it? That's why I came to see you, sir. It's that clockmaker's turn again. Oh, Clarence hasn't got his wings yet, has he? We passed him up right along. Because you know, sir, he's got the IQ of a rabbit. Yes, but he's got the faith of a child. Simple. Joseph, send for Clarence. You sent for me, sir? Yes, Clarence. A man down on earth needs our help. Splendid. Is he sick? No, worse. He's discouraged. Like George Bailey, we sometimes need some help in the midst of existential discouragement that can come with our fear about money. We look back with a practice of compassion for ourselves and others and a faith that reminds us of our true worth. Let us prepare our hearts for the scripture this day. Hear this story of Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew. Then the Pharisees met together to find a way to trap Jesus in his words. They sent their disciples, along with the supporters of Herod, to him. Teacher, they said, we know that you are genuine and that you teach God's way as it really is. We know that you are not swayed by people's opinions because you don't show favoritism. So tell us what you think. Does the law allow people to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Knowing their evil motives, Jesus replied, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? 
show me the coin used to pay the tax. And they brought him a denarian whose image, and he asked, whose image and inscription is this? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. When they heard this, they were astonished and they departed. So in this scripture, the Pharisees are out to get Jesus. And they've got a winning, they got a winning solution here. They're, they're all living under military occupation. So at this point, Rome has occupied, has occupied the area of Israel-Palestine, and the Roman Empire has complete economic and military control. The Jews, though, hold religious authority in Jerusalem. So the Pharisees are trying to do something. They've got it. So think about this. Think about what's, what's the trap here. They're either, the Pharisees are either trying, number one, to get Jesus to sound like he is colluding with the empire, which is going to make all of his religious teachings sound like hypocrisy. So that's trap number one. Or number two, they're trying to paint him as a tax evader, people who is teaching others to not pay their taxes to the Roman authorities. And if they paint him with that brush, that's a capital offense. So either way, they figure no matter how he answers the question, they win. But religion, religion is not something that is just for church. To Jesus, God is the center of everything, not just your, your religious life, but God is involved in the world of politics and economics as much as God is involved in the world of religion. Those are human divisions that Jesus really didn't care that much about. The decisions that a person makes about money absolutely have spiritual implications. And I got into this a little bit last week. There is this pervasive lie, and it gets into your bones even. It kind of worms its way in, and it, we begin to equate. At some time in our life, we start equating our own true worth, our dignity, with our net worth. Because we've been sold the lie that somehow being poor is a sin. That you are worth less if you lack money. That is so not Jesus. The God of Jesus, the true empire, the true empire or the kingdom of God exists above every nation. Rome, the United States, Israel, all of them. Rome has put the picture of the emperor on the money. Or in our case, we put presidents on our money. And those countries, those nations, they, they claim that they control the economics and that they can tax and they can spend as they please because they have the power. Some things don't change. Nations are nations. And you and I, we exist in this system too, where economics are used to sometimes benefit some over others. And it's a system. And in systems, there are ways of control and there are ways of power. And it's a system that on a bad day, 
It can try to rob you of your sense of worth, of dignity, and discourage us. What Jesus teaches, what he offers is a way to live within that system in a healthy way to recognize the greater truth of our complex relationship with money in order to live fully and abundantly. I love that. That's what Jesus said. I came to teach you to live fully and abundantly, to find that middle path, to find that middle path between those who live their lives on one side with the crushing fear of not having enough and those who just spend wildly and pretend that Money grows on trees and deny that, that spending habits are a problem. To finding that middle path. Every one of us can benefit from reflecting on our relationship with money. And that's what our series this month is designed to do. It's designed around the themes and the images from the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And if you haven't seen it, next, next, it is not also no Chiefs game next week at three, so no conflict there. But even more than it being around, around It's a Wonderful Life, the movie, I want you to encourage you, this is in our bulletin today, it's in our crier too. There's a copy of, to get a copy of the book, Integration of Money and Meaning. And that's the book that this series is kind of based on. And it's by a woman named Maggie Kulik. And each week and then during this month, you're gonna get an email on Sunday, Sunday, it'll go out today, with spiritual practices to help you find that healthy middle path in your own relationship with money. Now today, All Saints Day, 75th anniversary, communion. Today is a day for looking back. We remember the light of those that we have loved who have gone to the Lord. We remember the living presence of Christ that continues to work through us. And we recognize the role that our family our parents and our grandparents have played in our relationship and our habits with money. Often I hear people talk about their parents and grandparents, and they often talk about how, you know, they look back and they say, oh, you know, that, that generation, they, they learned to get by with so little. And we create these stories. Every family has them. At the first service, we were swapping those stories. Every family has those stories around their family, how they got through the hard times. We create these stories about the role of money in setting values. How often have I heard the story of the cousin who had no sense with money at all? In my case, it was my great-grandfather, but the cousin that had no sense of, 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 when it came to money, and they become the cautionary tale that is told in the family onto the next generation. Or they speak of the wealthy Aunt Terry who has homes on Maui and San Diego and San Francisco and, and she has a home in Italy. She really does, actually. But she only lets the favored in the family use them. Not me. Every family has its stories. What are yours? What this coming week is about is looking back and thinking about which parent you most closely resemble or mirror. Are there 
aspects of how you deal with money where maybe you're, you are rebelling against your parents' habits. And how has that worked out for you? Better? Worse? All of this, this exercise, this spiritual practice, that's going to be in the email that you're going to receive today. Because it's by looking back at why we think, where our values came from, that we can understand our present better with a wisdom from our scriptures and through the lens of it's a wonderful life. My hope is that this series encourages you and helps you find that healthy path for yourself through the complex web of economics that each one of us faces. So I'm going to invite you to a spiritual practice right now. You know, normally we start off our service with a meditative practice, and we're going to do that now. So I want you to invite you to just take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Close your eyes if you feel comfortable. And allow your mind to remember the earliest awareness that you have of money. Think about how old you were. Think about who was involved in your memory. And how does this memory make you feel? This is a spiritual practice to allow God to guide you in this history and your relationship with, to money and to look at it with compassion. The good news is that while we do live in a complex world of money, that it's not easy to navigate and we can feel very discouraged at times we can shift away from that underlying dread and fear of it by bringing it out into the light of wisdom. Taking the stigma and the shame out of it by seeing our worth, our worthiness, and our own dignity in the light of God's unlimited love and grace, which every human being is entitled to. That is our birthright which allows us to face whatever happens to us in our lives with the hope and the assurance that we are never alone. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, looking back, we see the generosity of those who came before us, acknowledging their hardships and struggles, their joys and gains that bring us to the place that we are now. In looking back, help us to build a foundation for those who will look back at our lives. Those who will be affected by what we do, what we offer, what we give. In the name of the one who calls us to the loyalty of justice, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Today, as we look back, we do this spiritual practice of looking back, we do acknowledge those who came before us. We are because they were.